Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Real Mike Tang Show. Today's guest on the show is Justin Yip. Justin is an educator, teacher, and personal finance coach. Justin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm doing great, Justin. Um, it's been a little while since I've uh, spoken to you here, and I, I wanted to, you know, kind of catch up and learn about, you know, what you've been going through for the past year, year and a half. And I wanted to, uh, you know, first start off the show asking about your journey and how you ended up being located where you are today. Right. Yeah. That, so I am currently in Thailand, north of Thailand, in a city called Chiang Mai, and my journey began 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I graduated from university, San Jose State University, where I met you from. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't want to stay in America. I didn't want to stay where I, where I grew up. And I had this, this vision of going abroad. But I also know that when people do go abroad, they often come back because they don't have a way of working or making money. So I thought about what I could do. And I decided that be a teacher. I wanted to try teaching English as a foreign language. So I started teaching English as a teacher 10 years and, and I said to myself, you know, maybe I'll teach for a year or two in Thailand and I'll go to another country after that, maybe Korea, Japan, China, maybe the Middle East. But uh, I loved it so much here in Thailand that 10 years later, after I started teaching English, uh, I'm still here. Awesome. And you mentioned that uh, you were there 10 years ago, correct? And you bought a yeah. one-way ticket over to Thailand. Um, where were you originally from um, here? I know you went to school over here in San Jose State, but did you um, kind of grow up in the Bay Area or were you in um, a different um, area in the United States. Yeah, I'm actually from San Francisco. I was born and raised in San Francisco, and I decided to go to university at San Jose State kind of for the same reason that I decided to go to Thailand after graduating. I just wanted a different experience. I just stay where I was. So mm -hmm. I could have gone to a university in San Francisco. I could have gone to San Francisco State, but and I would have lived at home. I wouldn't have had that experience of just being on my own and, and making new friends and being in a new environment. So, yeah, Bay Area, born and raised, but uh, originally from San Francisco. And I, I think it was a great choice. Like, I made uh, a lot of good relationships in, in San Jose State and uh, going to college there. And I think that experience of just being out on your own um, family is just is very valuable. It was very valuable for me. You know, you mentioned that you were a teacher um, for quite many years um, over overseas, correct? And right. have have you noticed any like recent society behavior trends? Um, you know, either out there in Thailand or maybe a mixture of both Thailand and the United States that kind of um, kind of helped your community in a sense, or right? So trends. Well, I would definitely say that over the last 10 years, there has been uh, a large transition to e-learning and, and online mm -hmm. learning. And I can speak about that for myself because 10 years ago, teaching at what they call 
uh, brick and mortar institutions, brick and mortar schools and brick and mortar because you teach in a building, you teach in a classroom traditionally made of bricks and mortar. And now, now, but before now, I was teaching a lot online. So I think I spent about five years teaching in the classroom, teaching in brick institutions, and then about five years before uh, I started uh, starting my own businesses for um, helping people with finance and other things. And I think the shift is just because just we're becoming a digital society. And good thing in a way, but also it's like people are comfortable learning online because it's how they consume media. It's how they consume social media. It's how they consume a lot of their entertainment. So I think there's a lot of benefit in following the way that people engage with their entertainment and pushing education through these same channels and vehicles. Um, but also I think it could be a double edged sword because people also have shorter attention spans than they used to because of all this digital media and digital entertainment and uh, low attention spans is was well, a teacher's nightmare. So I think it's kind of a double edged sword. You know, in terms of kind of reviewing material and, you know, educating, um, you know, the younger generation, you know, within these, um, within these realms here, did you find any like challenges, I guess, from going brick and mortar, um, to, you know, to, to the digital realm, or did you find that transition pretty, pretty easy for you? Yeah, there were challenges. I would say in the classroom, because when I first started out, I taught I taught first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. I also taught a little bit of middle middle school and, and high school. <clears throat> um, but uh, I would say that the difficult thing was that I didn't have the curiosity or, or classroom that uh, I would like as a teacher. And I think a large part of that is and the habits yeah. they have at home with their parents, with their families when in the classroom. Uh, and when it came to teaching online, I think it was the same thing, just even worse because the kids are on the computer. And sometimes I'd be teaching children, uh, young adults, or even adults, and you just have the feeling that they're not really paying attention to the virtual class, probably because another window open and they're doing something else like they're watching youtube or playing a game or reading mm -hmm. the news i think it's pretty it's a pretty big problem just focusing on that one thing that you should be uh, attending to and i think it's not just kids i mean i think with the kids they're more susceptible to it but uh, it's a bad habit uh, overall i think another thing too is just not putting into learn skills that will show in the long run. They're more likely to just what is fun, what is comfortable, what is entertaining. And when something becomes a little bit complicated or uncomfortable, then they just give up something that 
is easier or, or just instantly gratifying. I know you mentioned here that um, you've seen some challenges in terms of technology and teaching here, but have you seen anything else from our culture that has messed up in our society? I can give you a few examples from you know what I've seen um, out here in the United States. Um, and the number one thing that I have seen is people not being present while with others, right? Constantly being on their phone all the time, always needing that dopamine rush you know, going through the brain here. Um, a second thing that I've always um, kind of see is, you know, too many people, you know, they're multitasking, right? Um, you see a lot of people, they, you know, go out to dinner or they go out to lunch with their significant other or with their friend, and they're not even talking to each other, right? They're constantly, you know, being on their phone all the time um, here. And then the last few things that I would like to mention is um, there's a lot of people who um, they go mobile first, in terms of, you know, online surfing and things like that, and also the refusal to, you know, answer the phone when someone calls, right? Back in our generation, back in, you know, the 90s and early 2000s, when I wanted to reach someone, I would actually pick up my phone and, you know, call, call that person and actually talk to them to maybe schedule a meeting or maybe talk about a certain um about a certain topic here nowadays you know that feel it feels very obsolete right in terms of like okay we're just going to you know text each other or we're just going to send each other a quick dm um there do you see those similarities in terms of some of those cultural um cultural challenges within your community there as well yeah all that you've said a hundred percent i think that it's interesting that as we are connected to everyone because of the internet, because of digital social media, that there also seems to be this very strange and odd divide that we're so, we go out to a dinner or we friends and family and we're spending more time on our mobile devices, on our smartphones than we are actually speaking with the people that we're with. People are calling, they, they want to catch up with you. And rather than pick up the phone and have a little conversation, engage with them, how you doing? What are you calling for? How can I help you? How can we connect? You just don't ask because you know you have the option to just message them. I hate that too. It's like someone calls and instead of answering, you don't pick up. And like, oh, did you call? And like, yeah, I called. I wanted to catch up with you. I wanted to see how you're doing. Why'd you send me a message and not pick up the phone? Yeah. But I don't know what it is. I think it has to do with what people are comfortable with. Well, today, engaging with people in these digital platforms and on social media rather than having face-to-face -face conversations. And I think it's, I think it's tragedy really, because there is so much more potential to communicate with people, um, on social media, but it's like this wall, it's like this wall that people uh, are erecting. And, um, I think it, it's definitely something that is affecting the, the younger generations. I mean, you know, um, for us, when we were growing up, we didn't have access technology to all these mobile devices. So I think we're probably 
some of the last people on the planet that know what life was like, a childhood was like without all of these uh, interferences, without all this uh, additional noise and without all these distractions. And um, yeah, I mean, I really agree that people should be more present. And this is actually one I was teaching to adults when I was teaching business English communication is that there really is no such thing as multitasking. The new multitasking, no tasking. It's doing mm -hmm. one thing at a time because yeah. at once you're not to any of those things. So trying to do so many things at once, just focus on that one thing that is most crucial, that is most beneficial to you in any moment. And in regards to hanging out with, you know, we'd like to spend time with, it means just focusing on them, right? Not focusing on things that aren't there, what's going on social media, even sharing images or videos on mobile devices with people you're with, I think kind of takes away from just be enjoying your time with other people. So definitely that there is a lot of overlap with all these things, right? Not being present, the, the, uh, the stigma of being addicted to social media in time with people that are right there in front of you uh, phone, because you just don't want to, right? I mean, these are all things that are related. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely speak about that, especially since I'm guilty of it too. And it's one reason why I am advocate about social media about having digital detoxes because I, I do it too and I actually are now that I'm an entrepreneur my business is direct interactions with people on digital platforms and also this last year or two I feel that this has become an even more important topic to me than ever before I think the it's just habits, right? If you have a habit of reaching for your phone uh, every few minutes, then you're just going to do it. And that's part of that dopamine hit that we're talking about. We reach for our phones to check if us to see if we have any notifications, even when the likelihood is that there's nothing. And it's like that, that lottery system of reward, like, oh, is there something there? Is there something worth tuning into when we could just not tune in and focus on what we're doing, focus on who we're with. So I would say habits, right? Like dedicate time in your day for when you will check your messages, for when you will go on social media. Uh, another thing too is who you're around. Like people that check their devices off media a lot, it's gonna be your habit too. Like proximity is powerful. Proximity is mm -hmm. everything. You will adopt the habits of the people you are uh, and for me, my wife and I used to spend a lot of time on our devices too. And it became really apparent to us. We started a family when we had kids, when we had our daughters. And our daughters started to mimic some of our habits. They would pick up toys that they had that weren't self weren't, but they would pretend that they were. Right. 
like my daughter would pick up some Legos and, and pretend that this Lego thing was uh, a mobile device and she would carry it around with her and she'd want to eat at the dinner table with it. And I realized that it was a habit that my wife and I had adopted that our so we made an agreement together to not do that when it is family time and that there is time during the day where we can check our devices and we can answer people uh, if, if we need to. But um, if it's family time and, uh, you know, we use our devices a lot more now when it's their nap time or after they go to bed because we don't want it to interfere uh, with our family time. So I would definitely say schedule on social media. Don't make it something you do just throughout the day because you can um, set up routines and expectations for when you spend time with other people. I mean, I know it's easier to do in, in families. Uh, I think it might be a little bit harder to do in um, circles because you just kind of do what you want. Uh, yeah. But also, I think just just being more conscious about it, like making the choice to be present. Yeah. Maybe turn your phone off if you don't need it. Maybe leave it at home. Turn it on airplane mode if you don't need to be connected. I mean, these are simple things that uh, a lot of people don't do just because they like the the ease of access of being tied in and connected to their digital networks. But I think it can detrimental to focus, detrimental to your well-being, detrimental to your relationships, and often. Uh, people don't really think about these things until they realize it's a problem. But uh, I think that's another big problem with society and culture too. Like it's so normalized that people don't even think there's anything wrong with it, right? Yeah. If everyone in the world constantly checks social devices and you go out and you see everyone else not interacting with friends and family as they're sitting across from each other at the dinner table or the restaurant, you're going to think, and that's huge, right? So I think having these conversations like we are on this podcast is great too, because you realize that even if it does seem normal, it just shouldn't be. Right. I really love the ideas that you pointed out here, especially being conscious about, you know, putting your devices away here. And I also notice, you know, family, everyone has an excuse for all the things that you want to do, right? So say you want to put your phone phone on airplane mode. Well, there's that excuse in your head. Well, what if some what if an emergency call, you know, comes in here or what if what if you want to like turn off your phone and your email and then something subconsciously tells you what if, you know, you have an email that you need to answer for work or what if you have to, you know, answer a uh, an emergency text message um for example there. So I feel like pe people always try to excuse themselves, you know, for putting forth a certain types of action. But I feel like it's also up to you, the individual, to kind of be disciplined enough to put your devices away and be single conscious in which in which you can, you know, kind of focus on a single task, focus on your partner, focus on your family. And I think that, you know, your life will be much happier that way. Yeah, so too. So when we're talking about and social media and what I like to refer to it as is, right? It's just unnecessary noise. 
for the most part. Sure, there is some value in it, but even if there is value in it, if you don't need to be connected to these things, if you don't need to attend to these things, it's just unnecessary noise. I'm saying, and, and too much noise is just not good for being present. Yeah. And I would say that uh, in regards to this, it's just. It's important to make that choice. It's important to make the choice to put your phone down. And, and I'm guilty of it too. Like I made excuses before and I think I reflected on the situation more enough now that I know their excuses where when I was with family and my wife would say something like, oh, you know, is time for that on your phone now? Who are you messaging? And I would reply like, oh, it's for work. Oh, it's a Oh, it's a student. Oh, it's really important. Oh, it's it's my mom. It's my dad. But those are still trying to justify what I was doing with what I thought was a valid excuse. But really, I could just do these things later. And I think that's have this sense of urgency where we want to reply and respond to these things when they come up. So I think a good strategy could be just not have these things enter our awareness because then there would be no pool, right? If you feel that pool, then you're going to want to respond. You're going to want to uh, engage. So I think having those and not just being on these things all the time uh, is important. And in <laughs> like the emergencies that might happen, I don't know. I think that's, that's a load of crock. Like, People were fine before digital technology. People were fine before smartphones. People will be fine without them. And people that make excuses, they feel more comfortable with their devices than without them. And that's the thing. Without their devices, they feel uncomfortable, which yep. is part of the addiction, right? People are addicted because they become anxious. They become uneasy. They feel like something is missing from being present when nothing's missing at all. And I have that too, right? I'm, I'm conscious of this. I mean, I admit there are times when I'll turn my phone off and I'll put in another room because I want to focus on what I'm doing. Maybe I want to focus on spending time with my family or focus on doing some work. And then, you know, after several minutes, I'll go to the other room where I put my phone down and I'll turn it back, get on it. And I'm just like, oh, where's the self-control, right? So it does take time. It does take discipline. And I think like, surround your people, surround yourself with people who, who have that same goal, that same mission, surround yourself with people that will hold you accountable or choose for yourself, decide for yourself what the benefit is for spending less time with technology so that you not being on these things all the time. Yeah, I think I've um, adapted to was putting my phone in another room and stuffing it in like a drawer there. And then I go into, you know, my workspace and, and do deep work and focus for 40 to 50 minutes at a time. Right. And after those 40 to 15 minutes, then I allow myself to, okay, maybe I can go and check my messages. I can go check whatever social media um, that's on my phone right now here and allow myself to have a little bit of that free time, you know, in between, in between um in between work and that kind of allows me to 
kind of pace myself in a sense in which I can just do deep work for 40 to 50 minutes, take a break for 10 to 20 minutes there, and then just go back at it again for 40 minutes. What do you think about yeah, that, that kind of, that type of schedule? That's really, I think that's really healthy. That's really positive. And I wish more people implemented things like that too. Just the fact you're going to have some time to at the end of that hour or mobile device at the end of that hour to go through that hour too, right? So I think that's a good yep. segue in spending less time on your devices because when you're not on them, you're constantly thinking like, oh, I, I got to check it. Like what if someone responded to something I put out or what's going on with this? And if you don't know when you're going to be able to uh, begin, then you're going to be uncomfortable through that hour or throughout the day or, or whatever amount of time it is. So I think that's a really good strategy. I might, I might borrow that one from you because I don't have a specific time where I say I will put these things down and focus on other things. I just say, I'll just put it down and I'll work for like the whole day and then I'll pick it back up. But that doesn't always work. Also, because like I said, a lot of my work is tied to social media. So it's also hard to boundaries and really establish that line um, but i think that's really right uh time blocking blocking off time where you can focus you want to uh, without any distractions and that's true too even if about uh focusing on things and, and not having distractions to, uh, to family because a lot of people are working from home these days too right so not enough time where you're not going to be checking um social media or uh, other notifications you might get from um, your phone, other things like time so you can focus on what it is that you really want to without any other distractions. Uh, an hour exercising at the gym, uh, 10, 20 minutes meditating, right? Just block off time so there are no distractions in social media. and. Justin, you mentioned um, about your family here and you have a wife and two children. Um, over right. there in Thailand. What are some joys of being a parent so far? Oh, there's, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like kind of caught me off guard there with that question. That's a good question. I would say that before a parent, I'm going to, I'm going to share, I'm going to share. I hope that's okay. So before I became a parent, was in my late 20s and i was mm -hmm. honestly becoming quite cynical with the things that i was doing you know going out every week going to clubs going to bars trying to meet new girls like it all kind of seemed uneventful purpose seemed like it was the same thing over and over again and there just wasn't that much joy to it and also celebrating birthdays and going through holidays like Christmas and, and New Year's and even like silly things like Halloween. It just didn't seem fun. And then when I became, when I started my own family, it just, everything's new again. Not new for me, but it's new because I'm sharing these experiences that I've had for my whole life with new I've never had these experiences before. Like... When I have my birthday, it's pretty cool because my children, my daughters get so excited to celebrate Christmases. It's like the first Christmas all over again because I get to share 
what that's like with them. When we go to, <laughs> I'm an adult. I don't like to go to the park. I don't play on swings and go down slides, but to share those things that I used to be fond of when I was a child with my own children, it's, it's just so rewarding. It's so gratifying. So it's like that cynicism that also, it's just because you're experiencing shared with someone else. And there's a lot of power in being selfless. And I think for me, that, that was what I was missing in my late 20s is that selflessness when you're more focused on the experiences of other people than you are about the experiences of yourself. Uh, also about the drinking. Yeah, as a parent, I don't drink anymore, uh, just because uh, you want to, you know, the next day when your kids are running around and they want to play. And uh, I try not to do anything that would give me less energy moving forward in the days where I got to be present and I got to be a good dad and uh, be a good husband. Yeah, I really like that you're able to kind of tell that story just because like, I, I believe everyone has certain stages, you know, within their life, right? You know, sometimes, you know, a man's stage is, you know, kind of going out there being single, finding, you know, your significant other or hanging out with your friends, you know, but at that point, you don't have any kids, you don't have a family. So you don't really have, you know, someone or a family to kind of report to in a sense, right? Um, but as you kind of grow and you become a family man, you know, there, like you mentioned, there's actually something or someone that you can live for, right? And it kind of motivates you to, you know, be better every single day because you want to be a great example, you know, to your wife, you know, to your two kids and to, to yourself, right? So um, it's something that uh, I've always admired, you know, from afar in terms of, you know, how you have, um, you know, treated your family. And it kind of gives us an example as well. That's, that's really good that you say that. And, you know, we're talking here like social media addiction and being present and spending more time with the people you're with and you know, being a parent now than when I was single. I think you've really touched upon that, like my we're doing things now are so much more powerful because it's not just me. Honestly, yeah. if I was still single, if I wasn't married and I didn't have kids, I probably wouldn't care about how much time I spent on social media. I right. wouldn't care if I was out with my family. Uh, if I, I wouldn't care about how much time I spent on my mobile devices. I mean, friends is one thing, right? Friends is like, you kind of accept each other's behavior, but when you have a be a good role model and like i was saying when my daughters were like they had cell phones when it was really just like some toys some legos like it really hit home like wow they are copying everything that i do i have to be a good role model and part of that too is imparting upon routines and behaviors i want them to have when they i don't want them to with their friends or I mean, we say dinner all the time, but really it's just any event, right? Uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, going to hang out with your friends, field trips, vacations, traveling, whatever it is. I don't want my kids to grow up and not know how to be social, to not know how to engage or interact with other people, to not know 
how to provide real and true value to people they meet. I mean, that's just, I don't want that for them. And I know that if I want that for them, if I want them to do it right, if I want them to know how to create real human connections with others, then I have to model it. Yep. That's, it's more powerful than any other reason that I could have made up for myself. Like, oh, I got to do this because I know it's bad for me. Oh, it's not healthy. Not like knowing that I got to do it because my kids are going to copy what I do because I, I want to be a good role model. It's, it's the driving force. And it's easy to commit to these things uh, when you become uh, a parent. And I would say, because there's probably people out there listening who aren't parents yet, right? I mean, I would definitely say, if you know you're on the path to becoming a parent someday, if you're going to start a family someday, which I think is pretty much everyone, just start these things now because I wish I started these things a long time ago. Uh, it's habits right when you want to. And rather than wanting to break these habits and, and just be a good role model uh, when I wanted to, I wish I had these things in place like a few years before I decided to become a parent. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's a piece of advice I hope to share with people out there, like get started sooner than later, because it might happen to you too, that all of a sudden you want to be that good role model. Uh, you want to have good habits and, and it's not going to happen overnight. So uh, start sooner than later. I mean, think about your future. Think about future. I mean, kind of out there, but I don't know. When you become a parent, you're just thinking like five, 10, 20 years ahead, like all the time. Right. I love it. I love everything that you just uh, talked about there. You know, we usually conclude, you know, our episodes with the rapid fire um, section, Justin. So sure. I'm going to ask you some, you know, quick questions here. And the only stipulation is that you have to answer it in eight seconds or less. I do my best. Yes. <laughs> All right. So first question for you, Justin, when you think of the word successful, who is the first person that comes to mind and why? Wow. Um, my mom. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, my mom, because, you know, she was a family woman. She didn't give up her career when she had a family, when she had uh, me and my sisters. And you know, she made that choice to be a, a very present mother and to mm -hmm. also be a very successful, um, just person with so i would say that that's that's a good one second question for you what is one book you recommend the most to people well it's different things for different people. i would say just oh man i would say think and grow rich this is hard <laughs> napoleon hill right <laughs> is that the napoleon hill book it's a Napoleon Hill book. And I mean, it, it's an old, it's a classic. I think it's almost like a hundred years old now, but yeah. especially for entrepreneurs, for people that more money, which should be everyone really. I mean, it does it in a really, a really systematic way where it's not just you think about money and you have more money. You think about what you can do to provide value to others. You focus on that and you believe that the money you will receive in life correlates to the degree that which you will help people so i mean it's very good approach and and even though it sounds hokey like think and grow rich like it sounds really lame but it's actually a really really good book it's very powerful yeah the book has uh, stood the test of time there what is your favorite show or documentary at the moment 
I, I don't watch so much TV now. And I think it's also part of what we're talking about, like yeah. having habits and routines and even enjoying things that you want your children to emulate. So I, I like documentaries, sure. Uh, I like documentaries a lot more than TV shows and movies now. And I actually like talk shows. <laughs> I like okay. talk shows. So not exactly documentaries, but you know, like we're doing now, like we're having this podcast, we're talking, we're engaging, we're sharing ideas, we're asking each other questions. Like I, I really like this. And I feel one of the few kinds of media where you can get that from is talk shows because that on scale, right? Different kinds of hosts, different kinds of personalities, different kinds of experts, people sharing different kinds of stories. So uh, I really like that. And since you did ask specifically about shows, I actually really like that Netflix show Beans and Cars Getting Coffee because it's kind of the same thing. And the presentation's nice. You know, Jerry Seinfeld is, is a pretty good host. He asks some really good questions. And also these comedians, when they're on these shows, like they have really good insight in society, into culture, into their own and into their own routines. And uh, it's amazing how uh, they put their own comedic spin on these things. But there's a lot of wisdom in that show too. Yeah, that is a show I haven't started watching quite yet. It's it's on my queue on there, and I've always wanted to get into it, but it does seem interesting. And Jerry Seinfeld has always been, um, you know, I've always watched, you know, his his shows in the past, and I think he's hilarious. So I'm going to give that one a shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What is the most useful product or service that you bought for under $75? These uh, anti-blue light glasses, because I spend a lot of time on the computer for work. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes I do spend a lot of time on mobile devices because I got to engage with clients and, and customers with my audiences for my different businesses. So having these anti-blue light glasses has been really beneficial because the blue light that all of these screens emit is really bad for your health. It, it gives you things like fatigue, eye strain. So having these glasses on when I'm on is in when I'm looking at these screens for long periods of time, it really helps. I notice that I don't feel as tired. I feel like I can uh, work more digitally and focus more. So I would say that it was like the pair bucks and, and prices range. And I think it's definitely five bucks if you're spending more than 75 bucks for anti-blute like glasses you're spending way too much money so i would say that would be mine <laughs> awesome what are the top two things that you do after waking up in the morning well it used to be check my but mm -hmm. as we're talking about now it's important to have morning routines and especially as an entrepreneur like the entrepreneurs that are the most successful and the ones that i really resonate with are the ones that talk about the importance of having a morning routine. So like I said before, my morning routine would be to check my emails and to check my messages on my phone. But I know that is to your focus, to uh, your well-being, because, you know, you start if you plug your attention just right from the start is just shot. You're focusing on all these things that are not necessary. So it's taken me some figure out this this morning routine but i think i've gotten pretty good at it in the last few months and it's always changing i'm always trying to test and improve for what works for me 
But right now, I wake up. I try to wake up before my kids wake up because if I wake up when my kids wake up, then I don't really have a routine because I got to spend time. Uh, I try to wake up like 5.30 before 6 because they usually wake up at 6.30 or 7. Um, so I wake and I try to meditate uh, for 10 minutes. I say try because I jump in the shower first, but uh, the order changes sometimes, but I would say um, meditate and to exercise a little bit. And even though it sounds really extreme, do them to the point that it's just very difficult. So yeah. the cold shower, is, you know, you need that jolt of to stay started. And, and a warm shower, a hot shower, I mean, you just feel comfortable. I mean, shower, sometimes I just want to jump back in bed and <laughs> go back to sleep. But that cold shower, you're just, you're just ready to go. Yeah. Meditation spend some time just with yourself right before you start plugging in and, and checking your emails and seeing what's going on with social media just taking some time to just just be grateful so my meditation you know i try to think of some things i'm grateful for uh, sometimes i try to sit in silence for a few uh, regardless of, of what i do during the meditation it's just really some time to myself before i plug into the world and guys I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, I just try to jump on the exercise bike for anywhere from like 10 to 15 minutes just to get the blood going. So it's not like I go to the gym or you know, I go for a run. It's just very simple, just enough uh, to get my day started. So I think those are the three things that I really try to really get in before I start my day. Awesome. And last question for you. What is your favorite hometown restaurant and why? Hometown restaurant. Yeah, I really miss Mexican food because <laughs> I'm here in Thailand and yeah. that's just not something that is available. So I would say uh, Mexican food, any Mexican food, not anything specific. I just I just miss it so much. And also <laughs> uh, dim sum. I really miss dim sum. They don't have that here. Mexican food and dim sum. Oh, I'm getting hungry now. Just thinking oh, about gosh. It. I guess we take all those things for granted out here in the United States, huh? <laughs> You know, as we wrap up this week's episode, where's one place people can find you on the World Wide Web? Uh, I mean, they can go to justgroup.com. That is a company where we help families and individuals plan financially to have a better future. So again, that is www.justfinancegroup.com. You can find more about me there, our mission, how we help people. And also, if you just want to connect, you can find me there too. Very good. Well, Justin, thank you very much, you know, for coming on to the show. I can talk to you for hours here. I know we're running out of time today, but uh, we should do this again sometime soon. For sure. I'd be happy to come on again. Yeah. Great conversation and, and take care. Look forward to speaking with you more soon. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. That's the show for today. Take care.